Stephen Meadows here. Welcome to the bonus episode entitled Stop Procrastinating. You know, I don't know probably anybody that doesn't procrastinate at least a little bit. And some of us procrastinate a lot more than others. Sometimes it's not even intentional procrastination, but whatever the reason is, you need to just dive in and get it done. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and come out with a better understanding of why you procrastinate and ways to avoid it in the future. Are you in the right career? One big reason you may procrastinate is you simply don't like the line of work you're in. Too many people stick with a career just because it pays well or they believe there is nothing else available. If you don't like your job, you are likely to find excuses for putting off your responsibilities. You'll find activities that are more fun and push off those responsibilities until later. Now, imagine someone who is doing something they love. These people tend to find ways to get tasks done quicker so that they can find more to do. They challenge themselves and excel in the process. They are team players and they look for ways to make the company better, not just their jobs. They get the recognition they deserve. You may have loved your job when you first started several years ago. It just got stale and you were bored doing the same tasks. You may have gotten a few promotions here or there. These days, promotions can mean you are given more responsibilities, but without any increase in pay. This makes you even more inclined to procrastinate. You may be able to step up the excitement level by looking for a new position in another department. This can help in the short term. But, unless you are doing something completely different, it's not going to last. The boredom factor will set in, and you'll start procrastinating in the new job, eventually. If you don't feel like you want to change careers, you can do what you are doing, but work for yourself instead. Many jobs today can be freelanced which means you will be your own boss. It can also create an environment where you have no time to procrastinate. After all, you will now be responsible for finding clients and keeping them happy. If you do put off tasks, your clients aren't going to last very long with you. You'll need to meet their deadlines. You have the option of outsourcing tasks that you don't like to do, which drastically reduces procrastination. When you are doing only tasks you enjoy, there's no reason to put them off. This outsourcing option is not typically available to employees who work for a company. One great aspect of freelancing is you can learn other skills and include those in the services you provide. Then, you can offer less of your old skills, or you can outsource them. You can do this as often as you like. Is procrastination hereditary? Are you a procrastinator? What if you were to learn that your plight may be hereditary? It could explain why you like to put tasks off to the last minute. There is some scientific evidence to back the claim. However, people are often skeptical of scientific findings funded by large companies to try and justify the latest and greatest drug. A pharmaceutical company could fudge the numbers just to get a drug passed by the FDA. If the science does have some wiggle room, will this simply give people more of an excuse to become chronic procrastinators, worse than they already are? If someone asks you why you are putting off doing what you're supposed to be doing, 
you can simply tell them it's in your DNA. You'll play up more on this since you have science to back you up. Of course, even if all of it is true, and you can point to your ancestors as the reason for your procrastination habits, your boss may not share your revelation as easily as you do. Most people still have the impression that procrastination is a bad habit and that it can be broken by changing your habits. If there are drugs available, or will be soon, you should try to come up with alternative solutions first. Mind-altering drugs often have serious side effects. Even though they may help the problem you have with procrastination, they may cause other side effects that adversely affect your life. Drug companies prefer you to have multiple afflictions. It just means yet another drug they can get you to buy from them. It's always a tough decision when science identifies a particular affliction as being hereditary. It makes it seem as though drugs are the only answer, and people often don't seek out alternatives. Doctors convince them their problems can be solved by drugs, and it seems to be the end of that story. There is no doubt that drugs can save people in certain instances, but our bodies are at their peak performance without them. Otherwise, we would have discovered their use several thousands of years ago. If you do try alternative means to solve your procrastination problem, and they don't work out for you, then you may have to consider listening to the medical professional and go on a drug regimen. However, monitor it closely and make sure that it is truly solving your situation. Insurance companies don't always pick up the cost of drugs, so it could end up costing you a lot of money. Is writer's block the same as procrastination? Whether you are an author of major novels or you write for your website, sooner or later you are going to come across the infamous writer's block. This is a condition where writers stare at a blank page and nothing seems to come to them. It may only be temporary, but for some it can last for much longer periods. But could writer's block be compared to procrastination? There may be some similarities, and the result is usually the same. With procrastination, you know what you need to get done. You are just not taking the steps to complete the tasks. It's a conscious decision to choose something other than what you were supposed to do. With writer's block, people don't know what they want to write. Writers certainly have their bouts of procrastination, and perhaps they blame it on writer's block. But... There's no guarantee that once they hunker down and start writing, something will come to them. This is the fundamental difference between the two. Writers are ready to write, but they get blocked and have a difficult time overcoming that when it happens. There are methods to help writers get over this block. If writers choose not to pursue those methods, at that point they are procrastinating. Sometimes, stepping away from your writing can help clear your mind. When you come back to it, your writer's block may disappear. In this instance, it was good for you to procrastinate. Just don't get too carried away with it. Writer's block can inflict writers trying to start a new piece, or it can hit the midstream. Sometimes, trying to continue with something you have started can be difficult to overcome. People mistakenly believe writers have given up due to procrastinating, but it's not always as simple as this. If a writer has a decent outline, this is less likely to occur. Even then, the writing can make sense in the beginning, and at a certain point, the entire premise is compromised. Many writers abandon the work at that point, 
It's a fuzzy line as to whether that decision is due to procrastination or if they are struggling with coming up with decent alternatives to the writing. Writing has its own set of challenges, which makes it too simplistic to pass off writer's block as being the same as procrastination. You have to look at each instance. This is the only way to tell. Knowing the causes of procrastination can help you overcome it. When you know what causes your procrastination, you have the tools you need to combat the practice. Sometimes it requires true reflection of yourself to determine what is causing you to put things off. One of the main reasons for procrastination is lack of urgency. When you are given a project to do at school and the teacher sets a deadline for two weeks away, you think you have plenty of time. There isn't any urgency as of this point in time. So it gets put on your internal back burner. What you don't realize is the teacher set that amount of time because there is much you need to do to prepare for it. In fact, teachers will often set these deadlines to separate the people who push out the dates. When you are a young kid, teachers tend to remind you on a daily basis of the due date. They do this because they know young kids are still learning about responsibility and the temptation to find something else to do. However, when you get to college, you seldom find a professor willing to hold your hand in such a manner. Professors feel that you are old enough at that point, and you need to learn the consequences of your actions, i.e. procrastination. Another cause of procrastination is fear of the unknown. Perhaps your boss gives you an assignment that requires you to use skills you don't have. The fear leads you to put it off. When the deadline approaches and the boss inquires about your progress, you state that it was beyond your skill set, which is the reason for not getting it done. Unfortunately, your boss believes you should have specified that at the start. Procrastination also stems from boredom. When someone has the same daily routine for years on end, after a while, he or she will find ways to delay what's needed to be done. The thinking is that they are so good at the job, they can get it done at the last minute. Often quality suffers when this is the case. You may find one or all of the above reasons for your procrastination. There may be ones that don't appear here. The key is to determine what is causing your procrastination and use that as the basis to prevent it from happening. When you learn the reason, it can help you stay on track with getting your tasks completed. Procrastination and the team dynamic. If you've ever worked on a team before, you know there are several personalities. First, you have someone who takes charge. At the opposite end of the spectrum, you have the slacker. The others seem to fall in the middle in varying degree of responsibilities. The team leader is the person who volunteers for everything and is willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. This person not only wants to do a great job, but they want to get everything done early. He or she tends to be an alpha individual and has little tolerance for those who aren't willing to put in 100% effort. The slacker, on the other hand, will stop at nothing to get others to carry him or her. This person will procrastinate on purpose so that other members of the team will have to pick up their responsibilities. The slacker knows that others will do this, but thinks that when the team is successful in the project, he or she can participate in the success. The other team members grudgingly accept this because they don't want to fail. All the other members fall somewhere in between these two extremes. Most will be willing to do work. 
They just don't want to be in charge and dish out the responsibilities. Some will procrastinate, not because they do it on purpose. It's just the way they are. However, when others in the team remind them that they are falling behind, they tend to come up to speed with their tasks. Often, these personalities will clash. The slackers will be criticized, usually behind their backs. Although, if the situation gets out of hand, the group may vocalize their issues. Most managers allow the teams to try to solve these problems on their own, but sometimes find it necessary to intervene. The slacker tends to be persuasive and smooth-talking. This is how he or she gets away with it. Eventually, the manager catches on and decides to let the weakest players go. This doesn't bother them too much as they tend to find another company to do this. It's no problem for the group as they were taking on the responsibilities of these weak players anyway. It's amazing how this dynamic plays out often within a team. And some members use procrastination as their tool to affect the team. If only they realized that by everyone pitching in, each member would have manageable tasks, which would make it a great team to work for. Resources to help overcome procrastination. The following resources should help you to learn how to stop procrastinating. Keeping this list beside you should help you to strive to break the bad habits associated with procrastination. Sometimes you just need a refresher, and you can just refer to this list. Free course at udemy.com. At the time of this writing, there was only one course that was free on the subject of procrastination. There are other offerings, but some cost money. You should always check this resource to see if there are updates to courses you have taken, or if there are new offerings. Be sure to read through the reviews of the courses you are considering. You can access the free course here at www.udemy.com, the complete guide on how to stop procrastinating. Evernote.com If you want a way to organize your notes, you should take a look at Evernote.com. There is a free version of the software that will satisfy most people's needs, especially when first starting out and combating procrastination. Sometimes, a lack of access to your documents can cause people to procrastinate, and Evernote helps you overcome this obstacle. It is cloud-based so that you can access it from anywhere, including smart devices. TED Talks on Procrastination A simple Google search on TED Talks Procrastination will yield several results. Many of them are on YouTube, but can be accessed from the Google search. TED Talks are great seminars for all kinds of subjects. They have plenty available on procrastination. People find themselves getting hooked on these talks or presentations. Books on Stopping Procrastination Don't forget about checking out your library or bookstore for books about procrastination. There seems to be a never-ending supply of these books. The great part about the listings online, such as Amazon, is you can read reviews of people who have tried the books. Time management software. Many people feel that time management software helps them beat procrastination. It's not for everyone and can be intimidating. But once you get used to the interface and get in the habit of using the software, it becomes easier. The best part of this class of software is the reports generated. This shows what tasks you could improve upon with your daily routines. To-do lists. 
If you truly want to keep it simple, create a daily to-do list, print it out, and keep it on your desk while you are working. It's not high-tech, but it can be effective, as long as you keep with it. Many people feel this is a great tool to stop procrastination. A simple search online for to-do list will bring you several results. Set reminders to end procrastination. Several television stations remind us at 10 p.m. our current time if we know where our kids are. Hopefully they are home. But if they aren't, it's hoped that we know where they are. It's a great public service that helps parents make sure. Why not extend this concept to other aspects of our lives, like getting stuff done? If you have been putting off tasks, try to set up multiple reminders until you get them completed. For instance, suppose you have been putting off learning a concept in Photoshop. If you own a book on the subject, put it on your desk so that any time you leave and come back, that book is staring you in the face. You may still not get to it right away, but at least the thought is planted in your brain each time you see it. One big reason we procrastinate is that we have forgotten about what we are supposed to do. This may not be the case with deadlines that you have. It is more specific to tasks that you have on the back burner, but ones that are no less important. You can set up reminders on your smart device and your computer. Many email programs will let you set appointments or reminders. They may have different names for it, but there is bound to be something available. You can also find free programs on the App Store you are subscribed to. When you have a reminder, make sure you set up multiple ones well into the future. You want to make sure you are constantly being reminded, even if it becomes annoying. In fact, you want to get to the point where you are annoyed because this provides the highest chance you will act on it. When those reminders start to get annoying, the way to stop them is to do what you are being reminded to do. Advertisers have learned that it takes someone about seven times to be exposed to a product before they buy. This concept can probably be extended to reminders. After the seventh time, you are going to reach the saturation point. You can come up with creative ways to remind yourself. It doesn't have to be with a scheduling program. The example before of leaving a how-to book on your desk is one idea. Try to have fun with the different ways to give yourself those reminders. You can get others involved too, like your family or friends. Some people feel they do better under pressure. There are those who procrastinate on purpose. They wait until the 11th hour to get most tasks accomplished. If you ask them why they do this, they would tell you that it's because they work better under pressure. For some people, this may be true. And it's going to be easier to get away with this for some tasks more than others. But what happens when you have multiple tasks that are coming due near the same time? This can cause problems and increase stress in your life. The truth is, getting most tasks done well before the deadline doesn't mean you won't do a good job. In fact, the opposite is probably true. For instance, suppose you are assigned a task that is due in two weeks. Instead of pushing it off to the last minute, you decide to get started on it right away. During the discovery process for this task, you realize that you don't have all the tools you need to complete it. 
Some of the tools are going to take a couple of days to receive after ordering. What would happen if you waited until the day before? You would not be able to get it done, and you would have to explain why to your team and boss. That is not a good position to be in. There is also the matter of dependencies on other people or departments. When you don't give yourself enough time for a task, you may find these other dependencies give you a real problem if they don't come good on time. You may have to schedule meetings with people and have follow-ups to ensure you get what you need. Sometimes, the amount of time you are assigned won't be enough. You may not discover this until you are approaching the deadline. As you do more of these tasks and get them started early, you will discover what tasks don't have the right amount of time allocated. You are in a better position to speak with your manager and ask for more time when you show that you don't wait to the last minute on most of your tasks. If you constantly procrastinate, you will never be able to estimate timeframes properly, nor will you be able to negotiate more time with your manager. He or she will peg you for never starting your tasks on time. Want to stop procrastinating? Start with small tasks. People put off tasks they don't want to do. That is the essence of procrastination, isn't it? Many people procrastinate small tasks just as much as bigger ones. However, if you focus on getting those smaller tasks complete, the process you develop within your brain will make it easier to knock out the bigger ones. If you think of procrastination as a habit, which it most likely is, then you can take steps to break the habit. But it's much easier to break smaller habits and do that consistently than to try and tackle a large habit. Try to set up a system that you can use that helps you with the small tasks. For instance, dedicate Mondays to clearing out unwanted or unread emails. You can set aside some time on Tuesdays to catch up on your industry news. Wednesday can be used to answer voicemails and return calls as needed, and so on. If you don't want to do this on such a granular level as a day, try to dedicate each week of the month towards some task. However, this can be difficult if the tasks are small and don't require a week to complete. Just experiment and try to figure out what works best for you. You may find that once you start tackling the smaller tasks, they can be stepping stones for getting the larger tasks complete. After all, most of the tasks that you do during a given day are interrelated with others. The good news is, when you complete a bunch of smaller tasks, certain aspects of the larger ones may already be done. Because procrastination is a habit, you have to commit to breaking it. This means you need to be consistent with your actions until the point where you aren't procrastinating anymore. The first few days or weeks are the tough parts, but it does get easier, as long as you take action and keep going. What if you have too many of those small tasks to begin with? First, you have to figure out if this was self-inflicted or truly the result of someone like your boss giving you too much to do. If you are the culprit, then you need to figure out which tasks are important and which ones can be discarded. If your manager is responsible, speak with him or her. Also, try to delegate tasks whenever you can. Your million-dollar book won't be written if you procrastinate. 
If you procrastinate, you may miss out on many of life's treasures. Many people have a book or two in them, but procrastinate to the point where they never write them. When this happens, they are left asking themselves, what if? It doesn't have to be a book. It can be any goal or task you've been putting off. It could be a dream that haunts you when you don't take action. Think about anything you have wanted to do but have put off. People put things off for various reasons. Sometimes, the task can seem so insurmountable that it causes blockage in your mindset. Think of the old joke about how to eat an elephant. The answer is one bite at a time. Although the joke is overused, the concept is still relevant. When you break down your processes into manageable bites, it suddenly doesn't seem so daunting. If you do have a book or two waiting in the queue, consider tackling small chunks of it. Commit to writing a few hundred words per day. If you can't get a few hundred, concentrate on 50 words. Whatever level you feel comfortable with can help you get through your mental roadblocks. The key is to keep going and be consistent. It's okay to skip a day, but get back on track the next day. You may want to try and accomplish double your daily limit on that next day. If not, don't worry about it and just meet your quota. Of course, if someone else, like a publisher, is expecting you to get the book done by a certain deadline, then this could help push you towards getting it done. Publishers have their deadlines to meet, and if you become a bottleneck, you may find yourself looking for another publisher. Word also gets around in circles of agents and publishers, so you won't get away with doing that too often. Of course, if you self-publish, you will need to be more disciplined. You won't have anyone harping on to send in your manuscript. A way around this is to find someone who will hold you accountable. It can be a family member or a friend, but another self-published author may be a better way to go. Perhaps your book won't make you a million dollars. Most of them don't. But there are several that do. Plus, there are plenty of books that make some money for the authors, and they do so consistently. And, as you can guess, if you don't write it, the only amount you will make is zero dollars. Hey, one more thing before you go. I just wanted to tell you really quickly about an amazing service that I think you'll love. If you're in real estate and you are tired of trying to figure out social media content, I have got the thing for you. I helped a friend of mine develop a company called Gnome Marketing Group, and they offer Facebook page management for an incredibly low price. So basically how it works is you sign up, you make them an editor on your business page, and they will post 12 different posts per week. So it's two per weekday, one on the weekend each day for you. You don't have to do anything. They, they have hashtags and everything. It's really great. And it's incredibly cheap. If you go to knowthegnome.com slash coupon, you can sign up with my coupon code, Stephen45, and get it for $45 a month. That's incredibly cheap for someone to do all your social media posting for you on your business page. Again, that's knowthegnome, K-N-O-W-T-H-E-G-N-O-M-E.com slash coupon, and use my coupon code, Stephen45. S-T-E-P-H-E-N, four, five, $45 a month. It's $30 off. It's an incredible price. 
I hope you take advantage of it. It's an amazing service. Have a great one.